Good morning, everybody, and welcome. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 8718, or 88, right across the Faith FM network, right across Australia, wherever you are on this amazing morning. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning, and you are with Lyle and... Mon, good morning, Lyle. How are you? I'm great. <laughs> I was waiting for that. I was like, <laughs> when's it going to come? What's he going to say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are you grateful for this morning? I am grateful for Frost. Frost. Yeah, frost. 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 Why would you be grateful for frost? It's freezing. Why not? What? What? What what's, good what's, is what's frost? The, what's the? What's not good about frost? Frost makes food fruit taste better. Are you serious? Yeah, citrus fruit. Anything. Anything off a frosty tree tastes good. What's a frosty tree supposed to be? A frosty tree is a tree that is covered in frost, not like icing frost, but like ice frost. Ice, not icing. This is so weird right now, Lyle. <laughs> no, 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 no. You try. You go out early in the morning and you pick your fruit while it's still got the frost on it and try it. It's delicious. Okay, okay. So much more flavour. All right. So you're saying that with a bit of frost on top of the fruit, it actually tastes better. I think so. Okay. I've, I, can't, I have to honestly say I've never eaten a frosty piece of fruit. Oh, when, I was, when, I was, when I was a kid doing apple picking during my school holidays, you know, the frost wouldn't disappear until like 10 or 11 in the morning, depending on how much fog there was. Wow. And frosty fruit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yum. Well, I've had a frosty fruit popsicle before. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the same thing. It's just like having a popsicle, but it's free. Ah, it's just like nature's popsicle right there. Hey, how, what do you know? Do yeah. you know what? I'm all intrigued now. I kind of want to find a frost-covered tree. Absolutely. I didn't get up stupid early for that. <laughs> anyway, guess what I'm thankful for. Mon, yes. You get up stupid early every day. I know. I was just thinking <laughs> We do the breakfast show. I need to get up. We do this by definition. I need to go tent in an orchard so when I wake up at stupid o'clock, I'll be surrounded by frosty fruit. <laughs> well, I am grateful for the fact that we went to a wonderful digital discipleship conference over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And learned many great things about using digital uh, format to reach people for Christ, which is what we kind of do here every day. So, yeah, it was really exciting. But... Do you have any idea what's coming up in the show today? I know everything that's coming up in the show because this is the delayed broadcast introduction. In fact, we recorded this on Monday, the 23rd of July. And who Mm. knows when you're listening to this, dear listener. But if it's not today, if it's not Monday, the 23rd of July... It is because you need to jump across to the live show. Yes. It's very easy to do, you know. There's two ways to do it. You can go to our website. It's faithfm.com.au or you can do Lyle's preferred method. Tune in. Tune in radio app. Uh, download it. Put it on your mobile device. Use it anywhere in the world. Yeah, free app called Tune In. Just search for Faith FM Australia. Press play. Perfect signal. Perfect run, run signal. Run it through your car stereo when you're on the road. It uh, is just the best ever. We have a special surprise coming up for you next. Super special surprise. I brought in a moving, chirping box into the studio. Just another day that my Lord, my Lord has kept me. Yes, it is just another day that I've been in my Savior's care. Yes, it is. Wanna say he threw, he threw his loving arms all around me. Yes, he did, and there I found, I found peace and joy right there. Side. 
God's kingdom. Oh yes, I'm gonna sit down. I'm gonna sit down. Welcome back, everybody. That was Sam Cook with Just Another Day here on Faith FM. Mon, there's some there's some strange sounds coming from the other end of the desk. What do we have happening over there? <laughs> Before we talk about, I mean, we're going to get to our quiz, but Let I'm just like I'm so distracted by these small creatures that are <laughs> are. Um, can I, I hope our listeners can hear that little cheep 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 noise? Like, don't don't eat that. That's not food. So hang on. So I'm trying to be a mother. Right, so, so, so so Mon has brought her family, her new <laughs> family. Family on she, there. She has um, seven children this morning. Seven seven little happy children this morning. But let me quickly tell you the quiz. Okay. Who am I? I said Rahab. Sorry, I said Rabbi. You are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Oh, I know who that is. Oh, if you know who it is, give us a call one eight hundred Faith FM. It's one eight hundred three two four eight four three, and activate that Monday brain. And Jesus replied, "You know, do you, is it because I said that I saw you in such and such a place that you say that?" Oh, mm. let's not give it away. In fact, I think. Oh, no, you're right. You haven't given away the next clue, but it's all good. <laughs> okay, Lyle, I have the good news story to end all good news stories because this one is live the, in you, studio. You have the weekly fluff to end all weekly fluff. I have weekly fluff happening right now. So yesterday uh, on our way home from the Sydney conference, I stopped by a hatchery and I picked up seven little baby chicks and they're sitting on the studio desk right now on a towel, of course, and they're just the sweetest little things. I have five Australorps. They'll grow up to be like those pitch black fat chooks and then I have two Plymouth Rock chickens and they grow up to be stripy black and white ones so yeah yeah monochromatic chicks today but they're so cute and I wanted to I'm going to put pictures up on Instagram. Actually, I might do a live story. How do we do a live story? But I'm going to put some pictures up. And um, I actually would love some advice from people because this is my first time being a mother. And I have realized motherhood is probably the worst thing ever thrust upon a human being. It is so stressful. I got hardly <laughs> any sleep last night wondering if they like their food, if they're too hot, if they're too cold, if they're going to drown in their water. Like, uh, it's so stressful. <laughs> I want to have a breakdown, Lyle. I'm feeling, I'm feeling so <laughs> terrible for you, Mon. <laughs> but do you know what? Actually, the story that I want to tell you is actually about them. Um, so, the breeder that I picked them up from the hatchery. Yeah. By the way, how how old are these? Chins? These these are literally like a day old. Um, in and how fa- old they were? How old were they when you picked them up? So one of them in particular had just popped out of the egg when we went and picked it up, and it was still a little bit slimy and wet. And um, 
And uh, yeah, so so I wanted them from as young as possible so I can tame them well. And uh, and you're going to train these guys to do tricks? Well, not so much tricks as hugs. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mom just wants chicken hugs. I just want chicken hugs. And uh, and yeah, but. Okay, so what what on earth is a chicken? How do you get a hug okay. from a chicken? If you go and look up on YouTube, right, you'll actually see um, that if a, if a chicken's been raised by the owner from, you know, from when it's been hatched, it actually will recognize the owner. Yes. And, uh, and it loves on the owner, provided the owner was kind to it, right? And so if you look up chicken hug, you'll see often um, like the owner coming back from a trip or something or arriving for the day and uh, and they sort of squat down on the floor and they open up their arms and the chicken recognizes them and runs across the barnyard and, uh, and into their open arms and will like just nestle against the owner's neck and it looks like the chicken is literally giving the owner a hug. It is just the sweetest little thing. <laughs> and I think people didn't realise that chickens were capable of doing hugs until, you know, the invention of YouTube. Yeah, we sort of always think of, um, you know, you dumb chooks out yes, in the kind of thing. Yeah. But I, actually, I mean, I have chickens and they are remarkably intelligent. Yeah. And they um, can be very affectionate. And it, it's interesting that the, the differences in the personalities, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, the, the two that I've got at the moment have just complete opposite personalities to each other. And one's totally dominant and selfish and greedy and just a total pig. <laughs> and the other's like, yeah, whatever. I don't really don't care. Is that Babs? Is Babs the greedy one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, of course. Of I'm, course. I'm going to be naming one of my Babs in her honour. Oh, don't fall You're off the table. You're about to lose one of your chickens. About to fall off the table. Yeah, but I, I am a little bit worried because I'm, I can't seem to get them to eat or drink that much. I mean, I've got them sitting on the towel here on the studio right now and they are starting to peck a little bit nonchalantly at the food one of them has pecked at its own doings but <laughs> wrong source but uh yeah i i wanted to tell you a little bit um about what happened last night so when i picked them up the lady told me that they had to be kept warm it was of utmost importance that they kept warm in fact she told me this horrifying story about how um at about 10 o'clock one night her power went out and she hadn't realized in the morning um most of her chicks were dead which is yeah. really sad so they're very heat sensitive and uh and last night I made like a little cocoon inside the box of towels and then I put the hot water bottle in for them and then they were sort of snug underneath that. And uh, But there was space in the box still for the for the water trough and for the feed trough. One of your, one of your chicks is now standing in the food so that to, none, none yeah. of the others can eat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's time to eat. Oh, that one's eating. Yeah, no, yes. all, they've, all, they've all been eating like crazy. There's another one who's climbed completely into the bowl of food. <laughs> Like, yeah, look at this. Can you imagine if humans ate like this, just climbed onto the table at a restaurant? (laughs) Anyway, anyway, so I'm, of course, worried that they're going to be too cold because I didn't have a heat lamp. Um, I just had a hot water bottle and a bunch of woolen blankets. And uh, and so I was was actually really stressed. I know I sound really happy about it now because I survived the night, but I was really stressed last night that they wouldn't because it's very cold at my house. Oh, it was freezing last night. Yeah. Big old frost. And my house, for some reason particularly, is very cold. And so... I went to bed and I was I was like I can't be stressing about this I need to sleep properly and so I just I just prayed and I asked the Lord to look after them for me because that's all I could do at that point and um, I switched off all the lights and went to sleep and Lyle I kid you not at two a.m. in the morning I woke up and my bedroom lights were on. And I was like, why are my bedroom lights on? What? Yeah, my bedroom light was on. So you went to sleep with your lights on? No, 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 no. no. I switched them off because I, I went to bed in a, in a – I wasn't so exhausted that I fell asleep with them on because uh, yeah. I know when I do that, I, you know, I, I did my evening devotions and I switched them off and went to bed. So I knew that I switched them off, but I woke up at 2 a.m. and my, my lights were on. Yep. And uh, I was like – and it woke me up, it woke me up more than just, you know, turning over. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to check the chickens. 
And so I go and I check the chickens and I kid you not, one of them has sort of fallen out of the cocoon and is lying just on the bare cardboard and he's sort of, he's sort of just not moving and he's gotten really cold. Mm. And, um, and so I was able to pick him up and tuck him back under where it was warm and I, I, um, I reboiled the kettle and filled up the, uh, the hot water bottle again fresh. Um, but it's I, certainly full of life this morning. Yeah, I certainly believe that if, um, if I hadn't been woken up then and checked them, um, I don't think he would have survived. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. because he was just sitting out without So how did your light switch him. on? I have no idea. I have no idea. Well, praise the Lord. I know, I know, right? Praise is, the Lord. God, the Bible says, the Bible says that God notices a sparrow when it falls. Yeah, Amen. You know, a sparrow is like the most common, you know, little ditty bird out there. Mm-hmm. And you know, God, He's like, if, you know, if God cares for the sparrow, doesn't He care so much more for you? Are you live streaming this? I am live streaming this. So you can see this on our Instagram right you now. You can see this on our Instagram right now. If you go to our Insta handle, it's Faith FM Live, all lowercase, all one word, and you can check out my seven little chicks. Can we can we get our listeners to uh, send in name suggestions? Yes, that would be wonderful. I need name suggestions because my housemate was like, "Can we call one of them Juan the Schnitzel?" <laughs> <laughs> Juan the Schnitzel. <laughs> and I was like, "Um, okay." <laughs> so which one is Juan the Schnitzel? Uh, the one that pooped on him. <laughs> it was so funny because so many of, so many people have held them already so far because my friends and I went to pick them up and they hadn't pooped on anybody yet and then he picked one up and it immediately went on him so he was like, this one is one, the schnitzel. <laughs> but yeah, so if you, have a, if you have a suggestion for uh, good names for Monica's um, chickens, 1-800-324-843 is the number to call or text us on 0491 064-669. And actually, do you know what, uh, dear listeners, if you have any good chicken raising advice, I would love to hear it. I am an open book right now. Um, tell me what your tricks are. Tell me if you've done this before. Tell me what they like to eat because they don't seem to be too taken with this chick feed that I got you them. You know they are very, very tiny. I know, but... Oh they don't God. need to eat much. Seriously, I thought little babies have to eat all the time. I thought that's what they do. They just eat poop, your sleep, chickens, and repeat. Your chickens have been eating pretty much the whole time they've been sitting here I on the bench. I feel like they've been listlessly, listlessly pecking at it randomly. I don't think that, I don't know. My cooking's not that great yet. I have plans for cornflakes and egg yolks and all this kind of stuff, but I would love some further advice. And also how to get them to drink more. I looked it up at a, and, and some people said you have to actually teach them how to drink. So I've been very ingloriously dunking their faces in water in the hopes that that was going to work. <laughs> that was their introduction to the new well, mum. Well-baptised chickens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, if you have any advice or if you would like to give us a chicken name suggestion, do give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. And also, of course, do give us a call if you would... Um, I'd like to answer the quiz and also tell us what you're grateful for this morning. So I'm this, this is both my good news story and this is what I'm grateful for today. Okay, and jump across there to our Instagram page to, uh, to see these chicks live and uh, to enjoy the joy that they are bringing to our office this morning. But we're going to uh, move on with Vocal Union. Uh, they're going to bring to us Jesus is coming soon here on Faith FM. Troublesome times, Troublesome times are here Filling men's hearts with fear Freedom we, Freedom we all dear Now is at stake 
Humbling your hearts to God Safe in the chastening rod Seek the way, pilgrim, stride Christians awake My Jesus is coming soon Morning or night on you And many will Trumpets will sound And all of the dead shall rise Righteous meet in the skies Go and wait no one dies Heavenward bound Well troubles will soon be more Happy forevermore When we meet on that shore Free from all care Rising up in the sky Telling this world goodbye Homeward we then will fly Glory to share Coming soon, morning or night or noon, and many will be dead. Trumpets will sound, and all of the dead shall rise. Righteous be in the skies, and we know no one dies heavenward bound. My Jesus is a coming That was Vocal Union with Jesus is Coming Soon and Mon is busily getting herself back into her chair after taking care of her new family. Mm -hmm. Um, All her children are safely put away back in their box now so you won't be able to enjoy them. But if you'd like to enjoy them, just... um, Jump on our Instagram, check them out. That's right, absolutely. Running around all over the studio desk. One of them was actually quite cheeky. I thought he was about to fall off the back at the end of the table but it turns out he was just backing up to the end of the table to do his business which then fell straight into my handbag. Welcome to motherhood, Mon. (laughs) Welcome to motherhood. And when it the time comes for you to have uh, human children, you'll find that they are <laughs> just as delightful. <laughs> just as delightful, believe me. Oh, funny. Okay, well, let me hit you with another clue for this quiz, Lyle. Yes. Okay, clue number two on who am I? I was fishing with Peter and the others when Jesus appeared and said, Friends, haven't you any fish? Mm-hmm. That's like. One of 12. No, yeah. one of 11. Well, we've narrowed it down from the entire population of the Bible. <laughs> the first clue was only one person, but this could have been, you know, one of 11. Indeed. If you think you know the answer, give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. This morning, I'm looking at a news story that is just breaking overnight that uh, looks at... Uh, 
abuse within the Catholic Church outside of Australia, and I know that you know it, it almost seems to me like how can we how can we get off this subject? I'm sick of talking about it, but it just won't stay out of the yeah, news. It's a big piece right now, and uh, of course this time it has been revealed that one of the United States' most respected cardinals, Theodore McCarrick, mm-hmm. um, has now uh, is now in trouble, obviously for allegations of child sex abuse, very credible ones. Um, that have caused the uh, the Catholic Church to look very, very seriously at his role. And the question is really being asked, what is Francis going to do about it? Because, you know, he's been presiding over a church that has been absolutely spiralling out of control mm-hmm. through 2018. And, you know, Archbishop Philip Wilson is big news here in Australia. He is the most senior um, uh, member of the church ever to be convicted worldwide, but he's not particularly big news worldwide because there's been so many other bigger scandals that we don't hear about here in Australia. And of course, um, um, Theodore McCarrick um, apparently reputed, uh, repeatedly abused men and boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Francis's uh, options are, you know, revoke his cardinalship, um, sanction him to, or, or you know, uh, um, sentence him to uh, a life of penance and prayer or defrock him. Mm-hmm. Now I think that um, all three of those would yeah, be appropriate. Yeah, exactly. Why are you choosing just dish them all on? Yeah. So so far, Francis has come out and has denounced a culture of cover up. Mm-hmm. Hasn't really gone beyond that, mm-hmm. and the rest of the world is waiting for him and looking to him to see what he will do. It places him in a difficult situation because if he acts too severely, then it could come back to bite him because there are many allegations from Argentina that involve him. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, these have been covered up, um, but you can't keep covering it up forever. And it's almost like the the vultures are starting to circle, so Mm -hmm, to speak, mm -hmm. uh, because it's just getting closer and closer all the time. Um, And so on Friday... You know, just Friday past, uh, Francis accepted the resignation of uh, Deputy Cardinal Oscar Rodriguez, um, which is one of Francis's top advisors. Um, this particular individual, and of course, he was accused of misconduct with seminarians and lavish spending on his lovers. He was from Honduras, which is a very poverty-stricken country, and of course, this was an open secret. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't go spreading that kind of money around. Mm-hmm without everybody knowing what was going on. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, the kind of scandal that everybody laughs about. You know, the same as um, Theodore McCarrick, you know, everybody used to talk about, you know, Uncle Ted's beach house where he used to take um, his seminarians. And, you know, of course, not all of these were underage. Mm-hmm. But it was just an open scandal for the last, you know, 20, 30 years. And this, this is not something new. Mm-hmm. Um, I would encourage our listeners to um, uh, get the book 40 Years in the Church of Rome by... Um, his name will come to me in a moment, Charles Tinnicky. And he, of course, was writing about this in the mid-1800s. Wow. And it's nothing has changed. Mm. It was exactly the same back then. And, of course, he exposes how that it's driven by two things, mm-hmm. enforced celibacy mm-hmm. and the confessional. Those two things combined together to create a perfect storm of abuse. Um, they create a perfect situation for um, grooming, for, you know, uh, just setting up, you know, just really, really unhealthy situations. Mm -hmm. Whereas Jesus told us to go with our sins directly to God alone. Mm -hmm. Don't be going and telling them to another person unless you have actually sinned against that person. That's right. 
take these things to God because it's just destructive. You know, I don't need to sit here and hear about all of your sins. You don't mm-hmm. need to sit here and hear about all of my sins. Mm-mm. That's not going to be healthy for either of us. It's amazing how, you know, you would think that telling your sins to somebody else wouldn't be that big of a deal. And yet here we have a pretty clear indication of how when we go against God's will, yeah, how big creates, of a problem That's right. It creates a massive mm-hmm. problem. And, mm-hmm. and, and don't do it. And particularly if you're parents, do not send your kids to confessional. This, is a, this is a dangerous thing. Mm. Um, we need to follow the words of Jesus Christ. Um, just, just, just recently this year, uh, a few weeks back, um, they had a scandal through the nation of Chile mm-hmm. um, that was so big and so vast and so many priests involved in it oh. that the entire um, group of bishops for the entire country, the bishops for the entire country offered to resign en masse at once. And did they? No, their resignation was not accepted by the Vatican. Are you serious? Um, Scottish priest um, Keith O'Brien this year sentenced to prayer and penance. What? Um, So the the problem is, and here's the problem, because you have this doctrine of uh, visible succession. Mm -hmm. Now, the doctrine of visible succession teaches that the only way that you can receive the Holy Spirit is from somebody who who has the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is not what the Bible teaches. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit gives gifts, you know, severally as he will. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the Holy Spirit's decision whether he's going to fill somebody or not. Mm -hmm. Um, But the the doctrine of visible succession means that, you know, if, if somebody has the Holy Spirit and they then pass it on to somebody else, which is why, you know, um, papal succession is always so important. Um, the um, it, it does create a, a an environment in which, okay, if it's been passed on to somebody else, then what do you actually do when that person, you know, falls into mortal sin mm. and is uh, is now condemned to eternal hellfire, which is the teaching within that same church. It's not the teaching of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to be very, very clear about that. And so it's created it's created a theological nightmare for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, you've got here in Australia, Archbishop Philip Wilson, and um, you have uh, this whole situation which we were talking about on Friday where, you know, even now Malcolm Turnbull is calling for his resignation and nothing is being done about it. It's disgusting. I would, do you know what I'd love to see? I was just thinking about this while you were talking. I'd love to see all the survivors of abuse from the hands of Catholic employees or staff or whatever, get together and from around the world and shop at the Vatican with what would be the biggest protest in the history of the world. Yeah. Can you imagine if every yeah. single survivor of abuse from the hands of the Catholic Church turned up at the one place, the one time? In Absolutely. One and, we, and, and, and I mean, I'm picking on, on the Catholic Church. Not, all, no churches are immune from this. Of course not. But this is the one where you have the highest level of abuse mm-hmm. um, and we've discovered significantly higher than other churches. But not only that, but it is the one that is not doing enough. Yeah. Yeah. That you know they're not sacking their employees. You know they haven't stepped in and you know they've got employees that are refusing to resign and they're not stepping in and sacking them. They've got and, employees and, 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 who are offering okay. to resign and they're not being sacked. Yeah. And, and here's the here's the here's the crazy thing. People are saying, well, this is a religious liberty issue, mm-hmm. and the state should not be meddling with the church. You know, so Malcolm Turnbull should not be. You know, there should be a separation between church and state. Okay, two things right here. Number mm-hmm. one, this is a criminal issue. Mm-hmm. That's an issue of state. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Number two, the Roman Catholic Church is unique in that it is a state. Mm-hmm. You know, we have diplomatic relationships with the Vatican, and I'm calling on Malcolm Turnbull to put his put his uh, you know put his actions where his mouth is today, mm-hmm. and to break diplomatic relationships 
with the Vatican mm-hmm. until the Vatican acts in relationship to Archbishop Philip Wilson. Absolutely, I second you know, that. Cut, cut those diplomatic relationships and send a very clear message to the Vatican that in this country, we care about our kids. Absolutely. You know, and, 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 and send a message that, is, that, that, that shows that this is a big enough issue mm-hmm. that we are prepared to act at a state level, you know, government to government. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know, I mean, you think about it. If if uh, you know, had Russia or somebody, you know, we get pretty upset when they, uh, you know, they poison people on foreign countries and all this kind of thing. Well, we've got these people abusing them on our soil. Mm-hmm. We need to act in the same way that Britain acted towards Russia over the uh, Scripple case of poisoning um, of those particular agents. <laughs>
Welcome back, everybody. That was Katie Gustafsson with Depths of Mercy here on Faith FM. And Mon, guess who we have on our for our interview today? I have no idea. We have the pastor of what I think is the largest district or parish in Australia. Are you serious? Yeah, I, I, I am serious. Uh, David Gilmore, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lyle. It's great to be here with you. Now, we were actually trying to figure out just how large your parish is the other day, and I think we came up with a rough estimate of what was it, 100,000 square kilometres or something crazy like Whoa. that? That's correct. It's about half of the Northern Territory. There are 12 different uh, language groups and 300 communities, outstations and town camps as well as Alice Springs and Tennant Creek and a few other smaller community or towns, yes. So what's what's the most northern part of your territory? Would you, would you just give us a, uh, a north, south, east and west to uh, to roughly give us some uh, geography there. Well, Tennant Creek, we have a church there, a nice building with uh, two Bible workers there, Marty and Michelle. That's to the far north, to mm-hmm. the south, right near the border and next to the Simpson Desert is Fink. We have a church building there with a Bible worker team, Mansell and Jubilee. Now that's that's the that's the where the uh, famous Fink Desert race starts from, right? Or goes to? It goes to yes, from yep. Alice to there, and then back the next day. That's correct. Yes, it's one of the most famous uh, races in you know long distance races uh, in the you know rough races in the world. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so you got yeah. Tennant Creek in the north, Fink in the south, and then then what else have you got? Well, we've got uh, Haas Bluff to the west, and we have a little chapel there. Mm-hmm. As uh, There's a little chapel also up at uh, a community south of Tennant Creek, and we're building a multi-purpose uh, sort of uh, worship area there that can be used for various things. And to the east, we have Mbalawich, we have uh, Kintu, uh, or Ali Karang, some of those are a little bit to the east, but we don't have an established uh, church there. But we do have people in the community sharing gospel. Mm, praise God. That's fantastic. Now, I just have to ask, how on earth do you keep track of a district or a parish <laughs> that is spread out that far? <laughs> well... I have used a plane at times. But, I, uh, I was thinking that. I was like, you'd have to have your own helicopter or something for sure. <laughs> well, we, we have a pilot in the church. We did have two at one stage, uh, but mainly it's driving. But actually, the real secret is prayer. I, I just can't do it. <laughs> so I, I really ask for help from the Lord. And uh, when I first came here, I was like a circuit rider. <laughs> but now, having having uh, Bible workers in in uh, Tennant Creek, Fink, and Harsh Bluff permanently, mm. really, it, it really solves the problem. Yeah, that'd be that'd be absolutely fantastic. Now, you're based in Alice Springs, right? Yes, I'm. I'm based in Alice Springs. That's the main hub. We have the largest church here. We can have eighty to hundred in attendance, and about. 50% of those are under 20, so it's a great church to be a part of. Oh, oh wow, that's Lord. exciting. Might have to come visit. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it, a lot of people do visit, actually. We have uh, people coming through. We had John Ashton, a scientist, who was sharing about creation here on Sabbath. The week before, we had a... Uh, of course, we have John Ashton here on Faith FM sometimes, David. Did you know that? I didn't know that. There you go. Yeah, he's a bit of a... kind of a semi-regular. 
Oh, he, he's great. So he preached for us last Sabbath, and before that we had a missionary that had been up to New Guinea. So we it, it's sort of a multicultural church here, and uh, the think is, is purely Aboriginal, apart from the Bible worker and his wife, and the same in tenant, uh, in Haas Bluff. It's, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. a pure Aboriginal group. Mankata is the same. Tennant Creek is a multicultural uh, church like Alice Springs. Okay, now this church out in um, Haas Bluff, um, how long has that been there for? Well, we're just actually starting this group. It's uh, There's it's an interesting story, actually. There was a, an Aboriginal landowner there, and when he was 10, he heard a voice uh, that, uh, you must go west, and I'll teach you what to need, what you need to know. And he, he looked around, and he couldn't see anyone. And uh, later on, he realized that God was uh, calling him to the west. And when he went west, he met a, a landowner there by the name of Saturday. And he'd become a Christian by this this time, and he was had a dream. When so this was wait, wait, wait. This, this, this landowner's name was Saturday. That was his actual name. That's an unusual name. That's his name. Okay. Yep. Yep. Just and, confirming that. Yeah. And uh, Emmanuel is the one who was uh, there and heard this uh, uh, this voice, and he's the one who met Saturday. Mm-hmm. Emmanuel Kingsley and his wife uh, is Rosie. They live at House Bluff, and they he comes from that area. And uh, then he he had a dream when he was doing some mission work with the uh, Pentecostal Church. He be, he became a pastor of the Pentecostal Church, mm-hmm. and he, he in this dream he was uh, told by Saturday, "If you follow me, you'll be able to come to heaven." And he thought that's an interesting dream, and he didn't fully understand it. But later on, he met Rossi, who was a Sabbath keeper, and uh, he he decided he'd like to marry her and he, she said well you can marry me but I believe in the Sabbath and the Bible and we, we don't marry unless someone we marry is of the same faith so he studied into it and he, he could see it was in the Bible he became a Sabbath keeper and they both decided to go out to Haasbluff and they've been there for over seven years loving the people helping them with their needs just like Jesus did with food with clothing and then they shared the Bible and then they asked me to come out, and it's amazing the way the work is growing there. And we've had one baptism there already. Yeah, praise God. So it just sort of opened up this whole new area that uh, area for the gospel, uh, for the message to go out. It's fantastic. Yes, well, well, Haas Bluff is, is a family group, and there are other communities around there. It's in the Hermansburg area. It's a Lutheran uh, The Lutherans pioneered this area, which was great. So the, the people are receptive to the Bible. I love the Bible. Mm, mm. And so Haas Bluff is, goes right around uh, Papania, Kintor, Mount Liebig, and other various communities. So once we're in this community, and, and the person who was uh, baptized, Douglas Malta, is a leader in that whole district. So that the potential to preach the gospel in this area is just amazing. I, I'm I, I look back and see the Holy Spirit working, and I say, "How? How is this all happening?" You know, it's, yeah. it's exciting. It's that exciting is. to be out here. Now, it's I re- I understand that you recently received a very high honour uh, from the Indigenous community out there. Is that right? It's that is true. Uh, I've been going out to this community and become very close to these. Uh, you know, particularly the Haas Bluff or Ikunchi is the 
the local name there for that community, and they now call me Japal Jari. That's that's my name. That's my skin name, and I've included that in my name, and it means brother. Oh wow, and that's really nice. It it's an honour. It's it a, is. it's a real honour to, to be a part of this lovely family. Mm, mm, mm. Well, so, Jari, uh, was it? Yes, Jabal Jari. It is a privilege to have you on our show today. Um, Thank now, you so much. Now, um, heading uh, – th- th- you mentioned another community where you've recently um, opened up and started to do some work. What was the name of that one again? That's called Mankata. Mm-hmm. It's 80 kilometres uh, south of uh, Tennant Creek, and the Dougie family secured some land there uh, from the government for their, their family. And there's a community there of around 40 people with a, a little school, primary school. And it's interesting that there was a teacher went in there, Charlie Babongi, some years ago and shared the Sabbath with them. And uh, But they were a Sunday-keeping uh, group and they, they loved the Bible. And But there were little seeds of, uh, you know, the Sabbath and other truths that they, they weren't familiar with coming in. And uh, then one of the... Uh, you know, the members there, the Dougie family, was incarcerated. He was taken to prison. And his wife met uh, Andrew, who is a, a literature evangelist. He sells Christian books. Mm-hmm. And she mm-hmm. asked him to give Bible studies. And he learned about the Sabbath and various things about Jesus, you know, and the, how Jesus lived, how he preached. And and they he started to send messages down to this community. And... Uh, so the seeds were starting, and then a family came in. The Jones family were traveling through. They were invited in. They preached on the Sabbath, and there was a man there by the name of Simon Moore. He's still there, and he's at our Mamaratha College studying the Bible, and he heard a voice in the morning, and the voice told him, open your Bible to Exodus 20, verse 8 to 11, and he was convinced that the Sabbath was the day that Jesus worshipped on, the early Christians, so he decided to follow what the Bible said. And I was asked to go there. Pastor Don Felberg and others have gone there. We ran a program, and 11 people have been baptised out of that community. Oh, praise 40 God. people. And more, it's, it's virtually a little uh, Sabbath-keeping community, and some of them are going to Mamaratha College, and, and they just love the Bible. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Martin, and Martin and Michelle Tanner, who are the... The workers there go there once a week. They have a, a service there. They have Bible studies, and it's just exciting. Uh, you know, I love working with these beautiful people here because they're so open to the Bible. They just want to follow it as they see it, as they read it, and as Jesus taught it. Yeah, praise God. That's just wonderful, David. And it's one of the things that I, one of the things I love about our conversations together is um, just how you ex- you just love talking about Jesus, and uh, you can see it coming out in your ministry. Praise God for that. Now, well, now, David, just um, just we have only a little bit of time left, but I wanted to hear about Fink and what is happening down in Fink. So, give us a a, a quick update on uh, on the township of Fink. Give us a, a description of what's happening there. Yes, Fink is a community of around uh, 150 people, about 50, uh, you know, young people, children. And uh, that the message came there through a, uh, a shy, quiet girl by the name of Lorraine Ferguson, who lives at Port Augusta. 
And she heard about this message and wanted to share it with her family. And she rang them up. And she told them she was worshipping on Saturday. And they said, that's the wrong day. And uh, Lorraine just said, well, look, why don't you just go and read the Bible? <laughs> it's not and very difficult. <laughs> yeah. And, and look what Jesus did and what, how he worshipped it. And, uh, you know, then Pastor Don Felberg went there. And after 10 years of visiting, uh, it was decided to build a church there. And now we have a, a, a quite a, a group of sometimes up to, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten people going to Bible college. And uh, we... I thought you, you, know, was, I thought you were saying seven, eight, or nine, ten people going to church. But no, this is going to Bible college. That's, that's, that's much more the, significant. That's, that's Bible college. And there's been more than that that have gone over the, over the time. And some of them go for three years or more. And they study for ministry so they can minister to their own culture, their own people. And uh, we have a lady staying here at the church with me and Alice now who's from there. And she's very conversant with the Bible. And uh, we're planning uh, to, to work for her, to, to give her the tools and, you know, a laptop and things so she can work with the children and with the community there. And it's exciting. So, uh, just, 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 just to help me get my head around this in in the history of the of the last say ten years or whatever that the church has been there in Fink, how many people from that community have actually gone to Bible college in total? Oh well, there's been thirty one baptized, and I would say in total uh, there would be at least that number and more because it's um, in fact there is a a uniting pastor there, Robert Houston, who's interested in going to Bible college because he, uh, the Uniting Church used to be there but could no longer, you know, sponsor anyone. So he's interested in going to our college and learning more there. So That's sensational. We've got this tiny little town in Outback Australia that would be completely unheard of if it wasn't for the Fink Desert Race. Um, and, of course, yes. those that follow, those of us who follow motor racing know all about that, particularly off-road motor, motor racing, and that sort of, you know, is a little bit of a passion of mine. You all know that. But, um, you know, yes. it would be unheard of, it, and that's having this massive impact on Australia. Yes, and, and to actually have a church built there, that, that's another story. Volunteers came and they built this church with accommodation for the Bible worker, which you need. You know, there's no accommodation, of course, in these communities. And uh, so, you know, that was done. They built this church. Uh, it was Athel Grossi and, uh, uh, you know, a, a full team of volunteers. They built this church for $115,000. They even had a semi-trailer driver come all the way, pay for the fuel and, and get the material taken from Western Australia for free. Oh, and that's not fantastic. He's not even a church member. <laughs> David, we have to keep going. Time is against us. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, that is David Gilmore, who pastors the largest church, uh, parish or district um, in Central Australia and uh, been sharing with us about how, what God is doing and how God is working in the outback. This is Josh Garrels with Further Along.
us cries cause he loves them both We're all castaways in need of rope Hanging on by the last threads of our hope In a house, a mirror full of smoke Confusing illusions I've seen But where did I go wrong? I sang along to every chorus of the song That the devil wrote like a piper at the gate Leading my cement down to their fate Some will courageously escape The seductive voice with the heart of faith While walking blind back home There's so much more to life than we've been told It's full of beauty that will unfold And shine like you struck gold My wayward son, the dead weight burden weighs a ton I'll go down to the river and let it run Wash away all the things you've done Forgiveness, alright
you believe in miracles? Look, if God can change my life, I think I definitely believe in miracles. Okay, so the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church is making a difference in its community. Oh yeah, how? Well, it's worshipping together, loving together, learning together, and above all, preparing for Jesus to return together. Ooh, that sounds good. When's all this happening? Bible studies start at 10 a.m., service at 11 a.m., and guess what that's followed by? Or is it this free lunch I keep hearing about? Absolutely. Well, please join us at the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church. Our address is 105 Lindsay Street, Hamilton, New South Wales. Every Saturday morning where you will be welcomed with a smile. Faith FM, positively different radio.